Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. St. John Henry Newman, Apostle to the Doubtful, by Mariel Trevor and Leonie Caldicott, published by CTS Publications. The Early Years, A Turning Point On the night of October 8, 1845, in the midst of a heavy rainstorm, an Italian passionist priest called Dominic Barbary arrived at Littlemore, a small village just outside Oxford. Father Dominic had been riding on the top of the coach and was soaked to the skin. His destination was some converted stables, where the famous Anglican preacher, John Henry Newman, and some of his friends were living whilst they attempted to discern the will of God for their lives. As the missionary priest was attempting to dry his worn and shabby clothes in front of the fire, Newman strode swiftly into the room and cast himself at his feet. He asked to be received into the one true fold of the Redeemer and begged Father Dominic to begin hearing his confession immediately. The confession continued the following day, as did those of two of Newman's companions. And in the evening, they all made the profession of faith and received conditional baptism. On October 10th, the very table on which Newman had spent the previous few years writing on the development of Christian doctrine and writing himself out of the Anglican Church, was used to celebrate the Mass, during which Newman made his first Holy Communion. Newman was then obliged to leave his peaceful haven at Littlemore, in order to place himself at the service of the church. He was at the midpoint of his life, no longer a young man, with a wealth of learning and experience behind him, and yet he submitted himself to a completely new life, leaving behind uncomprehending and often unsympathetic friends and family after years of holding a respected position as fellow of Oriel College, Oxford, and the vicar of the university church, not to mention his central role in the controversial Anglo-Catholic Oxford movement. He was now to be instructed and prepared for the priesthood in Rome, alongside much younger and less eminent men. Newman did all this without a murmur, peaceful in the knowledge that after years of painstaking deliberation, he had made the right choice. He had said that he wanted to be sure to act from reason, not from feeling alone. Having done so, he became a guide for others in the integration of head and heart on the path to Rome. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
the elements of that faithful evening in October 1845. The rainstorm, the supplicant on his knees, and the fire blazing between the two men from such different backgrounds, echoing the flame of Christ's love shown on the Italian missionary's passionate habit, all in a sense give the key to Newman's life. He was beset by storms and controversies, both as an Anglican and as a Catholic, a man of powerful intellect, he nonetheless submitted his mind to that of the church, even in the midst of misunderstandings and intense ecclesial debate. Finally, Newman was possessed by the love of God to such a degree that he gave his whole life over to his service, a devotion which showed itself as much in his pastoral work among ordinary people as in his thought and writing, much of which was ahead of his time, that is to say, prophetic. Newman is frequently referred to as the father of the Second Vatican Council. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle God of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. <laughs> what was this Italian doing in Littlemore, that little town just outside Oxford? Well, he was assigned there by his order, the Passionist. He had been asking for 25 years to be sent to England as a missionary. You see, blessed Dominic Barbary, for he's also blessed, he's also a saint, had been inspired as a boy by the story of two 6th century English martyrs, two sons, who had refused to give up their Christianity when their pagan father demanded them to re repent of what they had done. And because they would not refuse to give up Christianity, he beheaded them. And those martyrs of Kent, or martyrs of stone, their relics ended up in the cathedral near Blessed Dominic's hometown. And he was always inspired, even by visions of the Blessed Virgin Mary, to go to England, England which had been a Catholic country, and under Henry VIII and subsequent kings and queens, was brought into a Protestant situation. And Blessed Dominic had wanted to go back to England to bring the faith, the Catholic faith, there once again. And he had prayed and prayed. And finally, after 25 years of asking, he was sent there. You see, Blessed Dominic had been assigned a few years previous to this to one of their missions in Belgium, not very far from England, just across the water there. And there, 
he had read an article in a French journal explaining the Oxford movement by one of St. John Henry's closest disciples. And in that article written in French, which was meant to explain to the world what this Oxford movement was all about, why they were trying to Catholicize the Anglican church, Blessed Dominic had been so struck by this and so angered even that he was going to write a withering critique of this Oxford movement, why they were trying to Catholicize the Anglican church. Why not just become Catholic? What were they doing? But instead, Blessed Dominic went before the Blessed Virgin Mary's statue in the chapel. And he spent two or three hours talking things over with Our Lady, asking her what he should say. And then in her presence, he hand wrote a response that was so full of kindness and wisdom that when that response reached Dahlgern, that was the friend of Newman, he fell on his knees and wept as he read it. And he gave it to Newman, and Newman was impressed by it. And so they had this affinity, this sense of the humanity and the kindness of Blessed Dominic. Because Newman had said that if the Catholics of England in 1845, that's when he became a Catholic, at the very midpoint of his life, if the Catholics wanted the Anglicans to become Catholic. They needed to send a missionary, a saint, someone like St. Francis of Assisi. They were never going to convert people by political maneuvers, by pure apologetics, by pure appeals to the reason or to some kind of expediency. No, there had to be a figure who would bring Christ, who would be a living image of Christ, who would capture the imagination of the people, who would have charismatic graces to show them that truth and goodness and holiness is to be found in the Catholic Church. And not long after Newman had voiced this, who appeared on the shores of England but Blessed Dominic? And Blessed Dominic went, first of all, to stone. That's where he established his first foundation, a couple hours north of where Oxford is, up near Birmingham. And he slowly, gradually began to make connections. He began to make contacts. He made contacts with Dahlgerns and Newman. He even received some of Newman's disciples into the church. And when Newman heard that Blessed Dominic was on his way back to the continent for a council of his religious order, Newman was moved by the grace of the Holy Spirit to invite him to Littlemore, that little monastery-esque place that Newman had established as he tried to figure out what he was going to do. And there, in the library, in front of the fire, Newman made the confession that we heard about tonight. So as we begin this new book, let us remember the value of sanctity. And yes, Newman himself is a great intellectual. Yes, Newman wrote many books. Yes, Newman was incredibly wise. Yes, he was a wonderful writer. Yes, he was a poet, a novelist, an essayist. But above all these things, he was a saint.
and maybe even a doctor of the church. And if we too want to convert those around us, if we want to help bring those who doubt back to the faith, then nothing can replace sanctity. Nothing can replace the goodness, the holiness that Jesus Christ brought into the world. And so we pray as we read this book about Newman that he will inspire us, as Blessed Dominic inspired him, to want to give ourselves wholly to Christ, to repent of all of our sins, in our own time, in our own place, following the own mi our own mission, the unique work that we have, that we too could become saints, that we too might lead others into the one true fold of the Redeemer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.